Hey everyone, welcome back to The Complex. This week on Shiny Shorts, we hear a story by Liz Lewis about the storm that came with trying to get her business off the ground. If you'd like to submit a story to be featured on The Complex, go to jamesochoa.com and click on the Storm Stories tab to submit it. Now, without further ado, here is a reading of Liz Lewis's storm entitled Healthy ADHD, The Meltdown. I've been writing about and researching ADHD women for nearly four years. I started out as a blogger who wanted to build a community. I guest posted, did podcasts, and attended the conference. Then I became interested in the emotional aspects of life with ADHD. Inspired by reading James' book, I created an emotional management program to support women in leading more balanced lives with ADHD. Only one problem. In all of this, I have been unable to make a living. In fact, I've spent far more money attempting to learn and improve myself than I have made in the last couple years. I recently told my husband I'm going to burn the whole thing down and just be a housewife. In all honesty, I spent 48 hours crying after I did my taxes. I love the community I've built. But at the same time, I am totally discouraged and as a result falling into some kind of depression. Hopefully temporary. Does that count as a storm? So, James... How common is this story with people with ADHD? Is it common for them to have something that they've built up over potentially a lifetime or just a few years and then get to a point to where it's just so overwhelming that it's it's a meltdown and they they kind of just end up quitting? Right. And so... uh... Yeah, How just, common is, is that? Is that well? It's very common. The yeah. certainly the overwhelm is very common about the storms on the ADHD front, um, and in this case, though, the interesting piece to be is it's not just any career job, and it's not just any business mm-hmm. development. Uh, it's development around ADHD to empower and help people. Uh, I find it right. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what to call it. Interesting. Um, Ironic. <laughs> Ironic at the very least that my book yeah. inspired this in many ways, which is a wonderful deal. Liz uh, got passion from it and really wanted to help other women and has done a great job at that. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of individuals with ADHD in their passion and their drive will find something like this uh, and really drive toward it intensely, yeah. which is what she's done. So in this case, she's developed a business and a coaching business and helping other women. Yet now when she looks at it in review, uh, particularly regarding her taxes, which is like these Mm -hmm. boring routine kind of tasks as reality hits. uh, And here comes what I call an F5 storm at her. Uh, An F five storm. Yeah, it's like you know what what is the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the categories of storms. Okay. Oh, it's like, like one for of the hurricanes. Wor- right, right. Like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. one of the worst hurricanes. Like a category you can have. five. Okay. Yeah, okay. like a category yeah, yeah. five. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I made up my new category system. I'll just call the, them F5. The F5. No. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, that could be, um, yeah, yeah, that could mean all kinds of. Oh, uh, maybe all kinds of things. But, you know, in this wonderful yeah. ADHD brain, I just, it sounded good to me, so I used it. Uh, <laughs> 
So, but in this case, uh, Liz is in the middle of a significant storm of passion around something she also has, wants to help other people. Mm -hmm. And the real challenge to me here is that the risk of the storm in the implosion she was going through and the crying Mm. is that she's losing connection to something that she built up in the coaching business, but she's also losing connection to herself because it's ADHD that's creating her storm that's stopping her from moving forward in her coaching and shutting her down. So it's like this double whack again. Um, Yeah, and she's put so much of herself into this over the past two years right? that she's almost come to potentially like live by this kind of thing and and, like what she's doing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and when that routine breaks, when, when the routine of your life that you've built over the last two years breaks and shatters yes. right you don't know what to do with yourself yeah well it, it it's certainly hard to know in the fit of the 48 hours of desperation she was in and mm-hmm. uh, it certainly reminds me of the section in my book focus forward called mayday mayday of mm. kind of what to do in your worst storm and you know one of the one of my, my my favorite bullet points in there is eat some chocolate but don't eat all the chocolate <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, um, don't binge, but have have a little bit if you want. Have a little bit of a binge. But, you know, and I know Liz uh, and we've talked about her being a coach. um, And uh, and I do believe that, you know, kind of stopping and resetting. And maybe that's what Mm -hmm. we can talk about here next, because how do you handle something like this? It's it's very common. Exactly. I mean, I was just going to go into that. So I think meltdown. Mount, sorry, meltdowns like this are potentially more. Um, the people with ADHD are potentially more susceptible to them um, yes, with everything that it. builds up and go because because it can happen in normal life, right? You can right, see it sure. with people who don't have ADHD, but mm-hmm. I think it will if you did a statistical analysis on it, which we're not, but. Um, if you if you looked at the statistics of it, you'd probably see a higher rate of this kind of meltdown in ADHD. And so as someone with ADHD, if you find yourself in this space, is it possible to come to a place in which that you in which you can for one stop the meltdown? recenter yourself and continue what you were doing right because in this yes. story it sounds like pretty yes. much she just threw it away right and i i don't know if she actually did or not i you know we might have to ask her about that but right um i well, i i think that's really unfortunate you know because she spent so much time and effort and in creating this that to just throw it away when the going gets the hardest um sure is just it really so so it does it's very difficult to watch um and these are the things that uh, unfortunately it's too normal for me and i don't necessarily want it to be normal of having seen these kind of storms on an ongoing basis Uh, but in this case for liz yes it is possible to rebalance and reset 
Uh, and initially, you know, the crying fit of the 48 hours is, is a significant emotional release at the very least. Mm-hmm. And allowing yourself to just throw a fit, so to speak, or to have that emotional release yeah. in some safe ways is really important because um, too many people with ADHD will cap their emotions and hold them inside and not express them. So it, whether you have to go mm. out and exercise or yeah. uh, you cry for two days or uh, you, you, know, you binge clean the house, you, do, <laughs> you, you, you channel it somewhere. You really do. And that's important. And that's, what I, that's one of the things, uh, first of all. And you know, secondly, um, I would say part of the resetting process is going to be connected to what I would call is pods of support that you have around you. And I talk Mm -hmm. about pods of support. It could be other people with ADHD that understand what you're going through, but it could also be very close kind of mentors or close friends, or it's got to be in a space that's kind of in an unconditional positive regard that someone's willing to listen to you and hear you Mm -hmm. out. And so she could, after kind of resetting from the emotional uh, intensity of it, then reach out to Two to three, I always encourage people, don't have more than about two to three kind of close confidants just Mm -hmm. to bounce it off of. And when you're bouncing it off of them, um, to try to get a clearer view about, you know, what is it that she really likes about it? If she was going to make money at a level that was meaningful, how might that happen? Yeah. And that question I asked there is an open-ended question. And you're going to hear me time and time again talk about using open-ended questions that help to uh, help the mind to explore options that can come out of come kind of out of nowhere for you. Yeah. So that reaching for a pot of support, getting some objective, unconditional measures to kind of listen. Okay, this is kind of where I am, mm-hmm. and then make a different decision about moving forward yeah. uh, because the value of what she has is real and it's helping certainly other ADHD people. And I will tell you, we we need as much help as we can get in this space from those who really are passionate about it and want to help others. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things I think is uh, about life in general is just finding what you're passionate about, but being able to make a living doing it Yes, because that's the hardest part, right? You can do what you're passionate about for days, days, years, whatever, but being able to have people pay you for it is sure. where that kind of gets complicated, I think. It, it Well, it does. And, you know, even for myself, and I don't even know that this is uh, really well known in the public, but, you know, much of my business development was created out of what's called a life mastery or business mastery group I was in for almost nine years mm. with a with an executive coach. Uh, and I would go and think out my ideas and get some objective feedback. But I also learned about business at the same time as I was kind of customizing what was going to work for me. Yeah. Now, you know, I didn't expect that I would be in something like that nine years, but it was... Um, it was something that was highly supportive and it was a very tight kind of support group, a pot of support for me, but that's, what's allowed me to do what I'm doing in love and, you know, to make a good living at it. And I think for Liz, it's a space of, uh, finding mentors or finding somewhere where she can think out the business process to say, okay, if this is going to be a, 
uh, a healthy coaching business that is going to uh, have a return, you know, mm-hmm. what, is, what does that look like? And, you know, it, it leads me a little bit into, Jules, about talking about career development uh, mm-hmm. on the ADHD adult spectrum side. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd like to give a quick overview on that for because sure. I think it I'd could be that. helpful for our listeners. Yeah. Um, and that generally what I say, uh, the career development for somebody with ADHD obviously is not going to be linear. You're not right. going to do your best work on a resume or really even a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Those things can be very helpful and they're necessary uh, in moving forward in your career. But many times it's the relational aspect of an individual or someone being able to be extemporaneous, which is in the moment, kind of responding to something. And the best way to set something like that up is there's a five step process of career development that, as I see it, on the adult ADHD spectrum. Okay. Those five areas are mentoring, Mm -hmm. interning, shadowing networking, and informational interviewing. Now, if I'm going to use Liz as an example here, I would say, you know, what are the mentors she has around her that are doing podcasts or coaching? How does she reach out for those in a way, again, that's not too many, but it's enough to kind of help give her some guidance and support? interning and shadowing when you intern somewhere you're doing a project for somebody you are completing something for a short period of time yeah i tell many of my adults with adhd who are say they're 40 years old and they're in a career that they're making a living at but they can't just jump out of the career uh, that wasn't really their passion uh, because they've got a family Many of them I will encourage to develop an intern kind of project in an area of passion, almost what I would call a passion project for Mm -hmm. adults that might spend five hours a week, you know, doing something very specific for a company they're interested in, but it's a way of building connection. And so that you do that for free as an intern. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you do. But what you're getting is experience and knowledge and networking right. and mentoring. Yeah. You got all these things rolled into it. And so, you know, the interning space is not so much applicable in Liz's space because she's already yeah. got her business up and running. Right. But the net, the, uh, the, the shadowing space is next. And shadowing is watching someone do something, learning about what a field is like, mm, yeah. seeing what happens on the actual everyday opportunity, which... Well, I cannot tell you how important that one is because so many people make assumptions about certain careers or passions that they have, but they don't really see it in action. Yeah. And so to be able to watch it, sometimes YouTubes can have different, uh, you know, levels you can look at. You can go and, and, and know someone, you know, a friend of a friend, and I can just go visit with them in their office for four or five hours and watch that. You know, uh, so shadowing is really about watching, right? Yes, it is. Could it it be observing? Could it be um, talking to people, or is that more of the like informational interview? That's yeah. That's going to be more in the networking and informational interviewing. So, so so the shadowing is observing and watching and getting a feel for what that job is really like in the natural environment. Right, right. But you're not actually doing it. Internship would be doing it. And then the, uh, the networking piece is who do you know that knows people, okay? 
And that network piece is about um, getting connected to people. And people with ADHD generally have a very wide network of they know a lot of people who know a lot of people. Yeah. And that network is really a critical place. <clears throat> and the way that that's used is in conjunction with informational interviewing. So mm. informational interviewing, you are literally doing an interview with someone only for information about right. how this individual got to where they are or knowledge for a certain field. Okay. Many people will mistake informational interviewing for asking for a job or right. I need help or, yeah. and that's, it, it clouds, it, 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 it muddies that water. Yeah. Everyone likes to talk about how to got how they got to where they are. Yeah, they as like long to as talk there's about themselves. A, yeah. Well, sure, but it's yeah. as long as there's not an expectation that something's I'm gonna have to do something with it or I'm gonna have to right. give you something. Yeah. And so in an informational interview, you're finding out about a career, you're asking uh, uh, questions about how things set up so you get to know more about it. Yeah. But you're networking. And so the million dollar question I say at the end of an informational interview is, is there anyone else in your field or anyone else you could think of that it would be good for me to talk to? Yeah. Okay. Now the entire line, you're not asking for a job because right. typically what happens in this scenario is somebody will say after an informational interview, wow, you know, my, my friend Roger um, was starting this new aspect of his company and there might be something there. I wouldn't have even thought about that. That's what you're looking for, is that yeah. kind of a, an opportunity. And then a job may come up that you could apply for, that you could interview for. Yeah. But that five-step process of mentoring, interning, shadowing, networking, and informational interviewing is really how you develop your career. Yeah. And even in this case for Liz, she could do some informational interviewing about other podcasters or coaches who have been mm -hmm. successful. Uh, and many coaches are very uh, gracious about helping others get started yeah. in the field. Yeah. So how um, how would somebody go if they've done all of the things that you talked about, shadowing, internship, all that kind of stuff, and they still find themselves not able to um, get anywhere um, mm -hmm. and they haven't done these informational interviews how would somebody start that? How would they approach that process? Do you, um, how would they approach the process of informational interviewing? Yeah. Like sure. how would they find people to talk to? How do you approach that person? What do you ask them when you are asking to meet with them? Um, how, you know, what are, what are the dynamics of that? No, I think that's a really good question because, um, you can start by looking at where your interests lie uh, who is the uh, the leaders in whatever that field is right now? What companies are the leaders? What companies would you want to work for? Yeah. You begin looking on things like LinkedIn profiles or on people's websites or what, you know watching Instagrams or Twitters of certain yeah. people that are in that field. But then you're looking for an interest and an opening. So say you're interested in in uh, a field having to do with genetics, okay? Mm -hmm. 
and that you're really interested in the development of genetics, but you have a certain interest about epigenetics, which is genetics that evolve with the environment or the right. expression. And so you read an article about it, all right? But you find a leader in the field uh, who you'd like to do an informational interview with. You could do an introduction that says, hey, I was reading this article. I know you're a leader in this field. Yeah. I'd love to know more about this field and get your thoughts on this article just because I'm interested in the field. Yeah. I'm not really, I'm just wanting to get to know kind of what the field is developing like. Yeah. So you can bring some of your own interest that you're currently learning into the process so that um, you're bringing something to the table, so to speak. Yeah. And you're engaging conversation. And then it's email. Uh, you know, uh, talking to administrative assistants or secretaries yeah. and really just being honest about what you're doing. Uh, and yeah. Being and clear. I think it's also I think it's also important to like make it clear that you don't want a ton of their time. Right. Because sure, if exactly if Good you point. say like, hey, can we meet for an hour, you know, on this day, people might be kind of reluctant to do that, especially if they're very busy sure, and they're, sure. you know, a leader in their field. But if you literally ask them for, like, can I have five or ten minutes of your time? I just have well, one or two exactly. questions. Then exactly. you get them in front of you and you end up spending an hour and a half with them, you know, because you end up well, having a really engaging conversation. Exactly. That's always the possibility and the opportunity. And other yeah. places are asking someone, yeah, uh, can I meet you between sessions? Can I buy mm -hmm. you lunch? Um, can I, you know, meet to walk with you somewhere or yeah. if someone likes to exercise, but it is being aware of that you're trying to meet them on their terms or their turf. Yeah. And I will tell you on a, in, in any kind of informational interview, and I always encourage the, uh, uh, some of the younger adults that I mentor uh, developing their careers that you're always either paying for lunch, you're yeah. always sending a, a thank a thank you note of gratitude and those kinds of things. But again, the key question at the end of a networking or an informational interview is, who else do you know that I might be able to talk to? Yeah. Um, you know, this was research on career way back in the 80s. Um, I did a career internship that I created for myself back in 1984. Um I did a marketing internship for a career psychologist in Houston, Texas that I approached because I noticed he had had his business for 10 years and I'd wondered if he'd had a marketing survey done. Okay. So yeah. I approached him and I said, look, I'll do a marketing survey for you over the summer. And I'll, in exchange, I got to attend his career development classes. Okay. Mm. Um, it was a wonderful idea. I still have and use a lot of those career ideas, and this was almost 40 years ago now. Yeah. So there are, if you get creative, this whole idea of trying to develop careers like this in this kind of five-step process is just so much more global and holistic for us with ADHD. Yeah. You know, and, and in this case for Liz, uh, I would let this storm die down. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, reach out to some people, see what really is there and begin to ask herself, you know, how could she either scale back or, you know, do it two days a week and make some money yeah. at it, but, but have more of a, a, a plan after thinking out, uh, what, where she is, because you're right. 
the risk is that she's going to drop the whole thing, which would really be a tragedy. Because right. yeah. uh, I know her as an ADHD coach, and I think she's incredibly good uh, in helping women stay empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how does she do it maybe at a lesser level um, so it might not cost as much? I mean, those are kind of the yeah. options you think out with pods of support. Yeah. Great. So, Well, I think that was extremely informative. I have a lot more questions, but... Um, we're starting to run a little yeah. long on time. We so um, I'm going to go ahead and stop it there and say thank you, James, for all of that. Um, I'm sure we'll be getting into more career development stuff in coming episodes um, because this this doesn't exactly go away. So, right, it doesn't. Anyway, um, for all of you listening, if you would like to support this podcast and submit a story of your own to potentially be featured you can go to jamesochoa.com and go to the storm stories tab thank you guys for listening and we will see you next month today on the complex the voice reading liz lewis's story was michael reyes Our editor and producer is Jules Ochoa, and James Ochoa, LPC, is the executive producer and ADHD expert.